You are tuned in to Big Boys and Body Slams, three goofballs that talk about wrestling. Throwback and current day pay-per-view reviews. Follow us on Twitter at BB and BS Podcast. And while you're at it, check out our merch store and our Patreon page. All the links will be in the description below. Enjoy the show. What is up? Holgamate. Wait. You might as well just roll it. Is that my line? Hey, go for it. Hey, what's up, Holgamaniacs? It's not Zach. Uh, bringing you the intro this time. Switching things up. I got yelled at when I tried to do that. Well, Zach too t- took too damn long, so. Hey. All right, Zach, go ahead. I can't do this anymore. What is up? Holgamaniacs, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Big Boys and Body Slams. Coming at you, the podcast experience, the Viking experience, it doesn't matter what kind of, the Jimi Hendrix experience, as long Please as you don't have, sue us. as long as you have an experience, we are happy. My name is Zach, over here, we got Luke. Hey, I was the one who just hijacked the uh, intro. For the second week in a row, by the way, well, not counting Mania the week before, and over here we have Kyle. Are we just going to start out with the the news from Raw already? <laughs> yeah, we might as well. Yeah, you're already salty. Uh, hey, by the way, Zach. Yeah? Uh, compared to last week, I'm going to need you to tone down the rant, maybe. You know what? The show wasn't that long, so I I'm was, not... I, uh, was told, I was told that there were a certain amount of uh, obscenities. I said fuck from- a lot last week. <gasps> let's, just get, let's just get it out there. That, wow. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, but I might have to wow. drop one more, because... Tell us The War it, Raiders have been drafted to Raw... And they have been rebranded. And the Miz is on Rod as and well. And the Miz, and we'll have more. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. More but importantly, they've been rebranded as the fucking Viking Experience. That's my one per show. With, with without without the the f bomb. Yeah, the Viking Experience. What do you guys think of that name? Pretty good name. Right? I hate it. They better start touring with Elias. Is all I gotta say. If they're gonna be named <laughs> some crap like that. Ooh, that's actually kind of a cool idea. Elias and the Viking Experience. Elias and the Viking Experience. So what a book what it. a dumpster fire of a name. Book it. So do you, do you think we're finally gonna get Sarah? Logan leaving the riot squad to go with Ooh, them. It could happen because she's kind of a, a Viking gimmick she's as been it doing is. The Viking stuff lately, definitely. So, so I like the riot squad. I like all the characters together, but uh-huh. they're they're so different. Oh, well, for sure. I mean, at least Liv and uh, Ruby kind of go together, but then Sarah Logan is like a Viking with what if, what two if, punk chicks. What if Nikki Cross just like hijacks it and becomes a leader? Ooh, okay, okay, yeah, That'd be interesting. That would be kind of. Cool. I mean, she needs to lead a cult, bro. She, oh, for sure. She, she should be with Bray something. Wyatt. She needs to be doing something. She was was it her that was considered to be Sister Abigail? I think it was Liv Morgan. That's weird. I heard Liv. I can't yeah. imagine. I, that. I heard Liv but was heard, the original. Nikki was like the internet's choice. I think. Yeah. And obviously, it makes happened. the most sense. Yeah, you know, yeah, for sure. Because I think I think Liv had a crazy gimmick in NXT, which is fine. But like, I feel like Sister Abigail needs to not be super hot. Like, I feel like... I know that's weird. I know that sounds weird, but I feel like... It kind like, of makes sense because they're supposed to be grungy. And, yeah, well, yeah. Not really yeah Bray, gr- Wyatt's, Bray Wyatt's not, Colty. you know, raw steel and sex appeal, so... Well, that's not what JoJo thinks. Well, she is a preggers, I tell you. We're getting off the rails, but still. Yeah, uh, I, uh, I was waiting for you to pick po- that up, pal. My point was, uh, the Viking experience is a really stupid name. Uh, uh, all in favor? Nobody. Uh, oh. And uh, we, we'll see what happens with the rest of the shakeup. Of course, by the time this is released, on Wednesday... Uh, you'll have already known what known everything that happened in the Superstar Shakeup. Uh, today we have an ECW show, but not just any ECW show. The first, the first pay-per-view. pay-per-view in ECW history that is barely legal. But before we jump into that, I want to tell you that today we are brought to you by... Who? 
Bigboysbodyslams.storeenv.com. The one and only place to buy official Big Boys and Body Slams merchandise. We got t-shirts. We got mugs. We got hats. We got onesies. We got a onesie in, in several different colors. So technically, we've got onesies. onesies. Uh, we got everything you could possibly need. Lots of different sayings. Lots of different catchphrases. Our cool logo. Whatever you could possibly need to support our merch on the streets. Again, it's the only place to get official merchandise for the podcast. It helps us out a ton. And... They're cool. So head on over to bigboys.bodyslams.storeenv.com. That's one E on the store envy. Yes. The, the one store e on, and envy. One E on the store envy and Share. no and no and because for some reason it wouldn't let me do that URL when I created the storefront. So bigboysbodyslams.storeenvy.com. Head over there and pick up some kick-ass merchandise. Fellas. Yes, sir. Shall we get into things? What was the date for this show? This show was on April 13th, 1997. It was just a few days ago, if you're listening to this, the day it came out. So, I just want to point something out right now. Mm-hmm. Rob Van Dam, this is 22 years ago, uh-huh. and Rob Van Dam just got signed to a promotion to be a full-time wrestler, and Bully Ray is still going strong as well. The whole effing show, dude. The, those two guys are still going. Yeah, they're Hell still yeah. going strong. And Joey um, Styles is doing something somewhere. Oh, I'm sure he's keeping himself busy. He was working for WWE to what, 2016? The website? Yeah, yeah he's yeah. doing WWE.com stuff because I don't think he liked working for Vince, Vince. commentary. Yeah, because I think Vince yells at everybody. Can't imagine why you yeah, would no. work for Yeah, I never heard that, that before. Um, this is coming to us, as I said, from April 13th, 1997 from the ECW Arena in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Do we have an attendance number? 1,000. 170. Excellent. And this is, again, as we mentioned, is the first pay-per-view in the history of ECW. So if you've ever seen Beyond the Mat, you know... That this show is barely legal. Yeah, and uh, oh, boy. this show is scraped together with uh, toothpicks and duct tape. This show is just hobbled and cobbled Just like together. all of the ECW I, contracts. I was going to say, that's kind of just yeah. ECW to a T. Yeah, and it's just personified here. And then, obviously, remember from... Obviously, the Beyond the Mat, if you've seen it, you know, you have that inspirational Paul Heyman speech when he's pretty much saying, this is make or break for us. You know, we need to have a successful pay-per-view. Did they? Yes. Yes. Indeed. They did. Indeed. But what do we think about that show in 2019? So many years later. Well. Is it still good? Over 20 years, 22 years later, almost mm-hmm. to the day. Does it hold up? Let's take a look at things. So- we, should, we should also give Luke credit because he did a really good job picking out these shows for this month yeah, because did. they were like right to the date. We should just make him the new show schedule. Oh, oh. Yeah, after, after August, it's all you. Okay. Cool. Thanks, uh, guys. So Joey Styles is in the ring to welcome the audience. Uh, unfortunately, the something with these shows we're watching lately and the ring announcers mics not being in the mix because it happened at United We Stand, which granted we didn't review that show, but it also happened at uh, some other show. I don't know. Barely legal. Well, it's just, you know, one was in 1997 and <laughs> one's in 2019. Whatever. <laughs> Both no true, budget. True, true. Same uh, mistakes. <laughs> ran Rob Van Dam. Uh, he's pretty much welcome everybody to the pay- to the pay-per-view. As he's running through the card, the Dudleys make their way to the ring. Devon runs down the crowd, and then the opening graphic plays. Uh, we, we heard a, uh, a, a... Devon especially got some hate, F.U. Devon chants. Yes. Yeah, the, again, the Dudleys at this time were just like heat magnets. Oh, yeah. Uh, they, people hated them. They weren't even dropping too many explicits here either. No, not... I don't need... They weren't calling people every slur in the book. I think RVD had the most dirty mouth of anybody cutting promos tonight. Probably, yeah. Because uh, he was dropping them a few, a few different ways from Sunday but you're right with like no transition very very sudden cut to the Microsoft Word 95 text intro and then like a very sudden cut back and then Gertner's on the mic and he introduces the Dudley boys I will say though can I say yeah nothing like nothing gets me fired up more than the ECW intro like that old it's fun like that old Rob Zombie more human than human cover yeah I think also we should point out that the Dudleys and Gertner kind of cornered Joey Styles in the ring yeah until he left yeah, they pretty much just like walked up and just forced him to leave. 
back to his little area. And here's young ass Joel Gertner with a, a Scott Hall grease job for hair, no neck brace, just wearing a sport coat and a bow tie. It was weird seeing him without that neck brace. I know. Well, and his hair has come a little ways too. It's true. Because he's definitely trying to rip off Razor Ramon. Here. And you didn't even say anything that memorable tonight. So he's pretty much just introduced. Not that them. you could hear it. You couldn't hear it anyways. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but this is going to lead directly to our first match, which is going to be the tag team champions, the Dudley Boys, technically coming out first. Sorry, Kyle. Against this. The, uh, uh, oh. This made sense. Did the next one make sense too? Kinda. No, mainly this one because they were coming out to bully Joey Styles. True. Cut a promo, True. yeah. yeah. Uh, and this is them versus the Eliminators, who are, of course, Perry Saturn and John Cronus. And this is for the ECW Tag Team Championships that the Dudleys currently hold. Bruh. This was a weird match. It was a weird match, but god damn, look at Perry Saturn. He was looking good. He Actually, looked, him and Cronus looked really good. Just they worked really match. well together. Yes, oh, they yeah. did. They oh, looked yeah. very well together. I think a few weeks ago, we actually... Had, had like, to look it up. Yeah, we could. We could. Me and Luke could. I couldn't remember you, who the second one was. Me and Luke could not figure it out. That it was Cronus. Yeah. Yeah. Saturn's the one everyone always obviously well, remembers it's just now. Like, Cronus has literally never been anything but Cronus. Right. And like you hear his name and you're like, well, who's that? Wasn't he? Wasn't he something? No. Hard to put the face to him. And no. here yep. he is in yep. the Eliminators. Uh, the bell rings and Sign Guy Dudley decides to get involved. He gets hit with a total elimination immediately. Immediately. And if you were gonna. Uh, there's a tag team today that does a move almost exactly like this. The last chapter that uh, AOP does. It's a very similar mm-hmm. move, except instead of a clothesline, it's a spin kick with the bottom kick. So very similar move, right. um, but just something I noticed. Uh, again, a sign guy gets hit with a total elimination right off the bat, and he's dead. Uh, Bubba Ray gets the upper hand with Cronus on Cronus and hits him with the Bubba Bomb. Devon hits a flying headbutt for a near fall. Saturn gets taken out with a Devon Splash for a near fall. There's a double team suplex to Devon for a near fall by Cronus. Saturn gets the upper hand briefly until Bubba hits him with a Bubba Slam. Cronus avoids a 3D attempt. Uh, there's a double team work to both Devon and Bubba Ray here. A double twisting splashes take out the Dudleys. That was so weird. It, it was, like was a, but it was cool. It, it was, was cool. cool, but it looked goofy. It almost. did look kind of goofy. Uh, but it was kind of cool. It was like just basically a twisting senton type splash. The way I looked at it now was like probably at that time that was huge. Yeah, oh, yeah. a one eighty crossbody. Yeah, yeah, that was probably something that was never done back then. Now, now we're getting the guys like Ricochet and and well, yeah. uh, what was his name? Austin Idol is that the guy from Impact? Ace Austin. Uh, Ace Austin. Ace yeah. Austin. That guy. We're getting stu- them doing crazy oh, stuff yeah. that makes this stuff look so tame. I didn't see though from the United We Stampede review. I saw him jump off of a very high thing, but I didn't see him do anything too crazy athletically. You know what this move is like? It's like uh, Twisted Bliss. It's pretty yeah, much. It's yeah. pretty much Twisted oh, Bliss. Oh yeah. Twisted Bliss. Alexa Bliss's finishing yeah. move. Yeah. Uh, pretty much. Just a little cleaner from Alexa. It's like a half Phoenix Splash, basically. Yeah. I think yep. is the way I describe it to yep. people. Uh, but still, they're perfectly in stereo. Still impressive. Um, the Saturn moonsaults off of, off of Cronus onto the Dudleys outside. That was pretty neat. Uh, there's a Topicon handspring moonsault by Cronus to the Dudleys outside. Springboard spin kick by Saturn to Devon once they get back in the ring. A handspring elbow by Cronus to Bubba Ray. Saturn goes up top, hits a beautiful elbow drop to Bubba Ray. Devon gets taken out now by Saturn. There's a springboard acai moonsault to Bubba Ray, and then Cronus hits a 450 splash to Devon. And then the total elimination to Bubba Ray, and the Eliminators win the tag team titles in six and a half minutes. The crowd goes nuts for the finish. Overall, um, this was a good match. It, w- it was obviously just a showcase for the Eliminators. It was a squash. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It was, it was the, a six-minute squash, basically. It was, it was a start the crowd off hot. Yeah, it was a six-and-a-half-minute squash match. Um, the Eliminators, man, they really impressed me. They work great as a tag team here. I've never really seen a ton of Eliminators matches Agreed. before, um, but watching this would definitely make me want to check out more of their work. Of course. Uh, I gave the match three stars still because it wasn't bad. There was nothing really to dislike about this match. It was just short, and again, it was a showcase to get the Eliminators over and to 
start the fans off happy, as Kyle said. What'd you guys think? I, I also gave it three stars. Um, I was actually afraid I was overrating this, so I'm glad somebody else felt the same way that I did. Mm. Um, that so I like the the beginning Dudley's like the hard hitting action that they got, and then I loved the Eliminators action as well. You're right; it was kind of a squash match, except the Dudleys started off hot. Yeah. So I really, really enjoyed it, and I would like to watch some more Eliminators matches. We'll try. We'll try to keep that in mind in the future to get an Eliminators match on the on one of our yeah, cards. Let's yeah, do for it. sure. Uh, I did two and three quarters, so I kind of feel like a dick here. But well, we're uh, all pretty much in the same boat. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was it was somewhat of a squash match. Um, the one thing though, you I gotta, still love you, man. Thanks, dude. Right back. At I love you. both you guys. You know that. Yeah, I'm really feeling the love today. Yeah, Hell man, yeah. Good. Um, so, one thing you got to consider here. This is '97, so like a year or two removed from them having Eddie Guerrero and and uh, what Chris Benoit, who all was in ECW before they went to WCW. Chris Jericho. Yeah. Jericho Benoit. I think Eddie Jer- was Jericho, Ray. Jericho not still here at this point. Oh, he was because he was on a video package for yeah. somebody. Oh, I think he yeah. was like one of the only ones left. So mm-hmm. basically, you lost your your Kickstarter. You lost right. you lost your uh, opener that just gets the crowd hot. And WCW right. is now using that same right. train wreck uh, formula. So these two, I mean, this is '97, not counting Japanese wrestling because I'm sure the tag teams were doing some crazy shit there, and not counting lucha. I mean. This is one of the more American, like innovative American tag teams out there at this point. That has to be. Yeah. I mean, Cronus is doing a 450. Not a lot of people are yeah. doing 450. Well, and they're just doing so many unique tag team moves. And he's not, doing the handsprings. Not stuff. that a lot of the stuff that they're doing together as a tag team are is super athletic or super like flippy or anything. Sure. But it's just innovative, and they're so perfectly in lockstep with each other. That's what I was really impressed by most yeah. of them. And obviously all the flippy shit, too, for the time was really impressive. But the Eliminators feel super underrated to me. Um, and I, I, I'm i a sucker for total elimination. It's a good move, dude. I love that move. It's a good move. Also, uh, Cronus, I did some research earlier, and Cronus passed away in 2007, uh, heart failure. So, I mean, that could be another reason why we didn't hear a lot from yeah, him. True. But I don't know if he got over very many other places. I don't know. And I've never heard. Oh, also, a side thought I've. Not to sidetrack myself, but the total elimination is the exact same move that the Undisputed Era do. Uh, Red Dragon. Also, Fish and O'Reilly. I just want to say I was going to shout out Perry Saturn's uh, GoFundMe again, but it looks like it's completed, and he got all the money he needed for his medical attention. Excellent. Good. So I hope he's doing well. A literal hero. I hope he's Um, doing well. I do believe Chris Jericho put a pretty big... Donation? Because he does that for a lot of the wrestlers that are needing help, which I think uh, it's outstanding. Awesome. Um, That actually... I, I don't want to get too sidetracked, but I want to bring this up right quick. Uh, in the news recently, we've heard about that last week tonight, the John Oliver video, yeah. um, where he kind of runs down the WWE and how they take advantage of their wrestlers over time. And I know that there's people both sides of the fence, but as far as the health insurance thing goes, I think AEW is really trying to set the precedent, making sure that everyone has fat insurance policies. And I think that really needs to become the standard. I mean, calling them contracted workers to me is is BS, and I'm sure a lot of people agree with that. But yeah. get these wrestlers some damn health insurance so that they're not killing themselves. We just suddenly chanted the the shows health insurance. I like that. Anyways, um, Andrade and Selena Vega to Raw. Fantastic. That yep. could be excellent. Yep. Get them away from some of the other high work rate guys on SmackDown and mm-hmm. let them shine. Mm-hmm. Um, Post match, Gertner tries cutting a promo for some reason. He says that by Dudley rules, that was more Paul Heyman. And than no, Gertner, no, no, no. It's the stud muffin scoring system, right. sir. Uh, apparently, he, he says that the Dudleys are still champions, but then he gets hit with a total elimination by a score of eighty six to eighty three. 
Oh, so he's on a scoring system. Excellent. Yeah, the stud muffin scoring uh, system. Perfect. Uh, and then Joey Styles up next is hyping up the three-way dance match for the number one contendership. <laughs> I love this. Before just cutting to a random Sandman video package. And it's like this kick-ass like, grunge tune. And it's just like four different shots of Sandman just being Sandman. Canaan people. And, and then we're back beer. to Joey Styles. No, bro, so this little cutaway... It was cheesy as hell, like that slow-mo cane swing, but the damn thing wrapped around the dude's head. Uh, it was Balls Mahoney with short hair. It was, was it the Balls dude. Mahoney? It was. <gasps> yeah. It was a short-haired, short-haired Balls Mahoney. Short-haired Balls? Yeah, uh, I didn't recognize him at first either. Yeah. Then I like went back and watched it when I was reading it online. I didn't go back. I just saw the damn cane wrap <laughs> around yeah. his noggin. It warped around it. Uh, it was super cheesy, but it was kind of fun. I'm uh, saying, man, they don't make canes like they used to. No, they don't, because that one was just broke in today's yeah, society. No kidding. Um, up next, we go back to uh, Joey Styles, who says that Chris Candido is supposed to be in this next match, but he's got a boo boo. And then he's in the ring to he's cut herded. one of the most annoying promos. Uh, oh, it was awful! I've ever heard in my life. He, he, I don't even really know what he's talking about. He's running down the roster, saying he should be featured, but he's not. He makes fun of some people on the roster. He basically said he was in WWF. He was on yeah, WrestleMania. Yeah. He won on the. He was WWF Tag Team Champion, and he should be wrestling for the ECW title. Basically, oh, okay. So he's just whining in this high pitched, like nasally voice. And he made he made oh. a he made a comment about he wishes he could bring his wife, but. They'd get sued or something. And then even makes like an implies a Shawn Michaels, like, you know how I feel about him yeah, reference. Yeah. And what was he not in ECW at all before this? He I, was. Yeah. And he was, he was when it was in East, when it was Eastern. Yeah, okay. Yeah. This was so, now that it's so extreme. He that's what to come back. mainly the promo was about was he was saying, yeah. I'm one of the OGs and I'm yeah. not featured on this card. Yeah. Uh, it was just really poorly structured and it, put it, together. And he just sounded like a baby. Uh, well, and, and like we've, like we established at the beginning of this podcast, they really did just be like, okay. Talk about this. Go. Yeah. Go. Just make some uh, shit up. Yeah, and some guys have the gift of gap, and uh, some guys do not. And I think Candido, after hearing that, is probably firmly in the do not have it category. God, I, wish, I wish he was on, healthy and on this card, though. I know, man. He's, he's so, so good. He's so good. Um, but he basically says that I'm going to be involved somehow on this show, and you'll find out how later. Hardly. Uh, it turns out the match is going to be Lance Storm versus RVD instead. <laughs> not just any Lance, Lance Storm. Storm with like the, the rat tail from it's hell. Not, it's not a rat tail because it's not braided, but he's got like the 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 long. Oh, it's blonde. a rat tail. Oh man, this thing is awesome. I got to make a comment though on Rob Van Dam real quick. Yeah. Best singlets ever. Yes. No so, like, tape on his wrist too. A different look for RVD. Just just love the singlets. The colorful singlets are always so much Young fun. Young ass RVD. So, R- yeah, so, so RVD makes his way to the mm-hmm. to the uh, ring. I don't know why it took me so long to produce that word. The square circle. Uh, again, he's over, but there's also he'd recently been making appearances on the other brand, the Monday Night Raw brand. Uh, so a lot there was some some pretty heavy sellout chance. Oh yeah, and it just adds the dynamic that this heel RVD. <laughs> is like still unanimously loved by this ECW crowd. Even him going to Monday Night Raw can't ter- make the fans turn on him right. in, in droves because he was still cheered more than he was booed. But that sell- once that sellout chant started going, it was going. That's like one of the f- the ECW favorites. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, they lock up as the as the uh, bell rings. It was a really nice uh, exchange ending in a storm. Ending, man, I can't talk tonight. Ending in Storm clotheslining RVD. There's a springboard crossbody to Storm by RVD. Topic on Hero to Storm outside, and then a leg drop for a Van Dam near fall. Storm leaps off the turnbuckle like a cat, like he's going to get Irish whip, and he like jumps and without using his hands, gets his feet on the top rope, and then hits a uh, elbow to RVD off Sick. of that. that I, was wrote, really nice. I wrote that was one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. He was Very a, agile. He was running, and he jumped. To the top yes. turnbuckle. It wasn't like boom, 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 like stair no. steps. Yeah. It was... 
whoop, without even it was like Mario. Hands. Very agile. <laughs> it was like Mario. Super agile. Uh, and then he drop kicks RVD off the apron. Lance Storm misses the dive and lands right on the concrete floor, face first. No padding down there, which Joey Styles even bragged. Yeah, he's like, "We don't have any pretty blue pad." I can't do impressions, but you know, you know. Um, I also have to say these floors are disgusting. Oh, as, yeah, as we horrible. saw it in the Sabu match coming up, these floors are just disgusting. It looks like people are probably smoking cigarettes in the building. You can see puffs of smoke or yeah, smoking something. The, and I saw cigarettes on the floor at you, one yeah. point. You can practically see hepatitis on the floor. <laughs> I'm just saying. It would take a lot of money to get me to lick that floor. That's all I'm saying. Like twelve dollars at least. Okay, Some, somewhere around. Yeah, there. we'll work our way up. Um, any, anyways, Storm misses the dive, lands right in his face in the concrete floor. RVD hits a moonsault off the barricade. He grabs a chair and brings it into the ring. RVD Irish whips Storm and then throws the chair super hard right at his face, super hard. There's a corner <laughs> drop kick to Storm with the chair. A it was like a Van Damidator in the corner. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a sellout chant directed at RVD uh, again. And then we get basically a fairy tale ending from RVD to Storm is basically what it was. Uh, followed by a frog splash for a near fall. Storm hits an inverted power slam to RVD right onto a chair. There's a spin kick yeah, to Van Dam. That was brutal looking. It was cool. You don't what, see it where like, he ducked. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then just slams his head right on the chair. But it, instead of his head being his body being chest to chest, it was chest to back. So RVD. It was back an inverted to, something. Inverted it, scoop slam, I guess. Yeah, that's what I. That's what I broke down. I guess is what I'd call it, too. Sure. Uh, There's a spin kick to Van Damme, and then Storm hits a handspring corner splash, then a springboard forearm for a near fall. A drop toe hold into a Boston Crab by Storm. Really, really nice transition there. RVD gets to the ropes, and then there's a slingshot slingshot yeeting leg drop to Storm, who's draped over the apron. RVD misses a Van Damminator, and then Storm with the weakest chair shot. That was bad. This show, did you guys notice throughout the show, all the chair shots were like super weak? Yeah, they were super, super bad. They hadn't embraced their extreme. Unless your name was Terrence Funk. Yeah, true. They hadn't embraced their uh, extremeness, I don't think, quite Well, dude, the crowd was just giving them so much shit The boos were were going crazy here, uh, unfortunately. But they were literally literally the weakest chair shots. It was terrible. Storm hits the tiger bomb on the chair for a near fall on RVD. We get a top rope leg drop to RVD whose head bounces off a chair for a storm near fall. RVD kicks Storm right in the cock and then RVD goes for a handspring <laughs> elbow but it misses badly. And the crowd chants you effed up. Yeah, it was bad. So uh, I believe it was Storm was like crotched on the top rope like in between the turnbuckles and Storm, or it's not Storm, RVD went for the elbow and then just like totally well, no, no, he went for a springboard kick and then started falling backwards like, oh, so he's kick. like, oh, okay, I guess yeah, I'm going to yeah. try to elbow him maybe. It was bad. Yeah, uh, it you was. fucked up, Chance. A bound. Uh, that does lead to an RVD near fall, though. We get a beautiful high German suplex with a bridge by Storm for a near fall. Another terrible chair shot to RVD and another. And the, cr- the, the crowd is just letting him have it here. And he's, like, kind of eating it up at this point. Uh, but RVD recovers, hits the Van Daminator, then a standing moonsault for the victory in 10 minutes. Well, the funny thing is, is with some of Landstorm's later gimmicks about how he's straight-laced and wants to do things by the book, like, that would have fit with his character oh yeah like purposely hitting them weekly but like he had no gimmick here he was just the young buck it was like how i hit my kids with pillows when i'm like <laughs> pretending it's chairs when wrestling like, that's it the yeah. lightest little tink uh well you're not trying to actually like give them pillow cte or anything no no, no. Oh, oh okay no okay. uh overall I thought this was a pretty good match. There were some things that did drag it down. Again, the chair shots, it sounds silly, but it does take you out of it a little bit. Yeah. And there's a few tiny little blotches. I still enjoyed the match. Gave it 3.25 stars. Uh, thought it was fun. I also gave it 3.25, three and a quarter. Um, I thought it was better than the first match. But again, I think there were a couple botches and the bad chair shots. You could have had it up to almost four stars, I think. 
At least 3.5. Yeah, a, a lot a lot higher because I was really digging that match, but there was just some botches that didn't make sense. Yeah. 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 Luke, what'd you think? That's why I gave it three. It's just, it's just, you know, a few botches. It was fun, and it was nice to see both of these guys in their youth. Um, you kind of forget how young Lance Storm is, all things considered. Just because there's other guys like the Dean Malenkos and the, the Guerreros and all that that are a little, right. bit, little bit more established at this point by a couple years. Right, right. Um, but yeah, Storm with the, with the rat tail just kills me. I love the rat tail. I love it. Update. Yeah. Rey Mysterio to Raw. Nice. To Anybody Raw. else? No, it sounds like we're probably just getting all the guys going to Raw tonight and the guys going to SmackDown tomorrow. Hey, can you confirm this? But are the War Raiders' new names Igor and Eric? Uh. Confirm that for me. Bro. I- Ivar and Eric. Oh no. Oh, we got to move on. I can't. Oh, this is my so bad. God. Oh, that's terrible. Okay, it's 1992. Bruce. It's 1993 again. Bruce, do something, Come on, please. Bruce, save us. Uh, post-match, RVD gets in Storm's face, and then uh, he t- grabs the mic and runs him, the fans, and the locker room down. He's real fired up. Said that he isn't a second-line wrestler. He's better than that than just being a replacement, obviously referring to Candido. He says that he sold out to himself by wrestling, and it further raises his stock. And, uh, you know, kind of has a point, if we're being honest. And he loves working Mondays. That, he said that later, I think, oh, didn't he? fuck. I think he said that. I mean, fudge. I think I maybe he said it here. I don't know. Um, no, I think you're right. Style says the next match is going to be a feature for Michinoku Pro Wrestling in Japan. It is going to be a six-man tag match. The Great Sasuke, Gran Hamada, and Yakasiji versus Terry Boy, Dick Togo, and Taka Michinoku. Uh, y- Yakushiji? Yakasiji? What? Yeah. Okay. Power. That was the Power Ranger guy. Yeah, uh, yeah Yakushiji. Whatever. I mean, I guess the pronunciation really doesn't matter that much. We're just Yakushiji. White boys. Yaka. There's an H somewhere in there you're missing. I didn't even look up how to spell it. I just guessed. But here's the important thing. Dick to go. Dick to go is in this match. I uh, have to say, I was a big fan of Terry Boy. Terry Boy is awesome. Uh, this is pretty much BWO versus non-BWO. Uh, BWO. BWO International. Yeah, BWO International. I love this match. Um. So streamers abound as the wrestlers make their way to the ring. Of course, the Japanese tradition was just starting to make its way to the West here, so I'm sure they enjoyed seeing the streamers here. Hamada and Takamichinoku are going to start the match. There's a quick arm drag to Michinoku and then a scoop slam by Hamada. Uh, and then Yakusiji comes in, hits a big leg drop for a near fall. Uh, I'm doing my best to call this match, but it was freaking crazy. Like, there was just stuff happening. It was so hard to call. All over the place. Uh, Sasuke comes in now. There's a big hit, some big kicks to Taka. Terry Boy gets tagged in, and then Dick Togo hits a nice rolling senton as the BWO boys tag team Sasuke. There's a spine buster into a camel clutch, and then Dick Togo hits the basement drop kick onto Sasuke as he's in the camel clutch. Lots of fun double teamwork here. There's a senton to Sasuke, and then Yakusiji breaks up the pinfall attempt. Michinoku and Yaka are going at it now. I'm just going to call him Yaka for short. Yaka. A Terry Boy comes back in, hits a delayed vertical suplex uh, for a near fall and by him i mean sasuke hits terry boy with it dick to go is in now yakasiji hits a hurricane rana then a fancy little arm drag with a bunch of flippy shit sending togo out of the ring uh to go to go sorry taka fills in for him and he gets sent out and then terry boy and amata are in now terry boy goes for a clothesline but hamata counters into an arm bar michinoku breaks it up gets put in the arm bar himself there's a back suplex of taka michinoku as sasuke is tagged in michinoku gets put in the sleeper hold but terry boy breaks it up there's a handspring crossbody to terry boy for a sasuke near fall yakasiji comes back in but is backed into the BWO's corner, and they're just working him over here. He ends up eventually baseball baseball sliding into a head scissors to head scissors takedown. Easy Terry for you Boy to say. outside. That was a pretty cool spot. 
Uh, Hamada and Togo are going at it now in the ring. There you go, Luke. Hamada gets an enziguri. Terry Boy and Togo in. There's a double bulldog to Sasuke. They hold him upside down, and then Michinoku hits a basement dropkick, and then they pose on the corpse of the great Sasuke, which is pretty fun. A vertical suplex to Sasuke for a Togo near fall. Sorry, Togo. Terry Boy hits the hits the spinning toe hold, shades of Terry Funk, and then counters a hip toss with a DDT. There's kind of a Michinoku driver. It was more just a regular brain buster, like he didn't get the rotation on it, but... Styles called it a Michinoku driver, so so will I. To Yakusiji for near fall. Terry Boy comes back in now. He gets slingshotted into a clothesline, into a running knee by the BWO. Uh, and the little the Power Ranger, as the crowd like to call him, Yakusiji, is getting beat up here. He kicks out, though. There's a diving senton to Togo as Terry Boy's tagged back in. A back suplex, but Hamada breaks up the pinfall. There's a pile driver to Hamada. Then a triple team powerbomb to Yakusiji, but Sasuke makes a save. They botch another triple powerbomb attempt. They try it again, but then Sasuke counters anyways. There's an Asai Moonsault for Sasuke near fall. Then a handspring elbow to Togo. And then Sasuke hits an Asai Moonsault to Togo outside. Then Terry Boy and Amada go up top. And then Takamichinoku hits a springboard dive outside. Yakusiji hits the top rope dropkick to Terry Boy. Then a snap suplex. We get a second rope Moonsault for a near fall. A DDT to Yakusiji. A pop-up choke slam. Then a snap. Then a powerbomb. So it was, he went for the choke slam. And then he went for the powerbomb by Terry Boy. And, but Hamada breaks up the near fall. I believe that was onto Sasuke too. Togo hits a snap power slam to Hamada for a near fall. We get a middle rope tornado DDT from Hamada to Togo for a near fall. Pop up power bomb for a Dick Togo near fall. The crowd uh, I noticed was kind of starting to lose interest at this point in the match. Uh, got a little bit quiet here. Uh, there's a Michinoku driver, but Yakusiji breaks up the pin. Michinoku goes up top. Eats a dropkick instead. We get an Asai Moonsault by Sasuke for a near fall. A pop up power bomb into a double underhook German suplex with a bridging pin and Sasuke secures the victory for the heels the baby faces i don't know the not bwo <laughs> yeah the not bwo in 17 minutes okay by the way it's called the tiger suplex i knew he said something but i didn't catch what he said i didn't know if, i wanted to call it that but i didn't want to be wrong so i just went with my yeah nuts. yeah always trust joey styles please yeah well hey he did call a few things wrong though like he yeah, called the Sailor Moon Salt a flip. I think that's why he tries to say the Japanese versions of moves, just because yeah. you you won't know if he's wrong or not. Exactly. It sounds cool. Exactly. Um, so overall, I did enjoy this match. I feel like it, it it was almost too long for me, though, because it was just a car crash match, right? Like lots of big spots, lots right. of flips, yeah. lots of crazy stuff going on. And I feel like it did start to lose its impact with me and at least the crowd that was in the arena toward the end of the match where it was just like, Oh, they're doing something else big. Oh, another big near fall. Oh, another big. And it goes back to the near fall issue I have with ECW where a lot of these near falls, like don't, I'm not invested in them. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of outlined here. I don't want to be too negative though, because I did enjoy the match. It was fun. Uh, it's cool to see these Japanese wrestlers kind of have a platform and so much of that style has now been integrated into like the mainstream North American style. Uh, I gave the match 3.25. I liked it. Mm. I gave it three and three quarters. Mm. I really, 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 really liked it. I think Taco was one of the most misused guys. Oh, 100%. I, say, I say this every every in America. Yeah, well, yeah. I say I. I mean, I was talking about more WWF. Oh, but um, I say this every week that this somebody is very misused, and he was very misused. I know Bruce Pritchard really, really loved him and loved wanted to do him. big things with him, and it sucks that his WWE tenure is basically a. Well, botched, comedy jobber. A botched throwout in the Royal Rumble that we covered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's also a product of the time. Yeah. Um. So if he was in WWF when tag team, uh, when tag teams were taken more seriously, then I think it would have been better. Or for or when cruiserweights were taken more seriously, I think it would have been better. If, if Taco was around now, though, he'd be a superstar. Like yes. If he was yes. just coming in, mm -hmm. he would. 
being in X Division or 205 Live killing There is zero doubt in my mind. Zero. He's doing a pretty good job. Zack Sabre Jr.'s manager right now, though, in New Japan. Oh, great. Just a top out. What did you think of this match, Luke? I gave it a three and a half right in between you oh, fellas. Oh, look at that. Split us down the middle. Um, a lot of fun. These dudes were killing it. But, and this will be a complaint later on the night, too, the crowd uh, not not doing a lot for me. No, they just... They're really... I mean, unless they're shitting on you, they're really starting to uh, get be dead. Yeah. they Especially the last few minutes of this match, I really noticed like it was... Uh, uh, abnormally quiet for an ECW Especially show. when you try to... So, especially when you put it into perspective of this is the first big pay-per-view and there's no way that Paul Heyman did not tell this crowd, hey, we Bring need it. to show people yeah. what we're about. You are the Philly crowd, damn it. But can you imagine today if something like this happened where a relatively small and unknown promotion came to the United States and had a match on a major pay-per-view for a North American company like... There's no characters getting it's, invested Exactly. In. It's kind of yeah. hard to ask the crowd to be super hot for a match where you don't really know a lot of the characters You're in the match. You're supposed to be in awe the whole but time. But at the same time, they're running shows in Philadelphia all the time. Yeah. So, yeah, true. So these... Like, and guys like Rob Van Dam have been shown on Monday Night Raw as true. well. And great Sasuke, too, to that credit, like got a huge pop when he came out. Obviously, he's a legend. So these people know who these guys are. And you can play them in WCW and WWE Revenge. Thanks. Uh, Dick to go. And Dick to go. Thank you. To go. Um, so after that, uh, Stevie Richards is backstage. <laughs> this goes on way too long. So I have a few problems with this. Oh, there's multiple. So It goes on way too long. My biggest problem with this, uh, it did go for too long, but I had a bigger problem with that. And yep. that was that the BWO theme song yep. was playing the entire time. And you could barely hear him. And not only that, but it did not, like, the BWO theme song is just like, like this like upbeat and he's pop like rock being song. Sad and, and he's solid. like cutting this like sad promo about Raven turning his back on him and he's very serious. But the whole the whole time, I'm gonna go out and beat up Raven. Like it did not it pulled me completely. Yeah. It like completely pulled me out of what he was talking about. And the delivery that he had was good, but A it went too long. Mm-hmm. B the black and white thing was corny because then it like transit it like oh wizard, my God. it like Wizard of Oz did its way into color when the, blue, when the blue meanie showed up and then yeah it was just too long and just like this was a disaster oh my god i was, yeah, I was oh. gonna make all of those comments <laughs> so uh segue of disaster yeah up next uh we are going to get a disaster. disaster shane douglas coming up first sorry kyle with francine and a riot squad not, whoa, 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 not, whoa. not the monday night raw riot squad yeah i think francine needs to be given a little more detail here uh, uh, bo- bosom and and bun shots. Yeah, she's just wearing straight lingerie with like a thinly veiled. Yeah, like dress. a like a like a, a see through dress. <laughs> yeah, it, not yeah, <laughs> not like a blackout curtain. Yeah, like yeah, a, a, a goodwill shower curtain. Yeah, yeah, and the uh, crowd the crowd will let her have it this whole match. Yeah, they're chanting. Uh, what are oh, they chanting? They You're would. a whore. You're a whore. I bet they would let her have it. Uh, uh, there are some other ones, but I can't. Show your tits. Now. Show your tits, which they also chanted to uh, Beulah later on. The beautiful Beulah. Uh, so Shane Douglas is out first again, sorry Kyle, and uh, he's going to be facing Pitbull number two for the TV title. So uh, basically Shane Douglas broke the neck of Pitbull number one. Who's sitting in the crowd? Gary Wolf, who's sitting in the front row, just kind of chilling. And then like race. he was healthy and then he hurt it again. Yeah, so he broke his neck twice because he like came out to fight him like in the full like neck, like the whole neck oh, and spinal. Oh, the halo, the yeah. halo, bro. And uh, Douglas beat him up again. Which by the way, again. like halos are in your shoulder, like they... The metal of those go in your yeah, shoulder. Yeah, nice. So, and he's wrenching him around. Yeah. Uh, also, I noticed the the uh, building was like super smoky. Did I miss like a fog effect or pyro for uh, Douglas? No, just marijuana. I'm like, what and the cigarettes. heck happened? Like it was like a, I was like, is the building on fire? Did Everyone I miss was burning. 
Uh, apparently. Um, Douglas cuts a pre-match promo again. He's saying that he uh, came back to ECW to bring them to the promised land of pay-per-view. It Here had nothing are. to do with him being a, a fallout of Dean Douglas and, you know, no. not, yeah, yeah, not getting over. It had nothing to do with that. No, he just he wanted to come back with his new knowledge and, and bring them back to pay-per-view. Yeah. <laughs> and then he talks about uh, Gary Wolf. And uh, then we get some highlights as he's talking. And then Pitbull 2 comes out and goes right after Douglas. And I thought we were getting a New Jack situation for a second. Oh, I wish. Because Pitbull's music just kept playing for like an uncomfortable amount of time. Eventually, it did fade out, though. So, no bell. So, so I just started the timer. Also, why the hell doesn't Pitbull number two get an actual name? Why does Pitbull number one... Yeah, you got Gary Wolf, Pitbull number one, and then just Pitbull... Like, he's not even... He's he's an extra in a movie, and he's Mm -hmm. fighting for a title here. A big, bald man. Yeah. Yeah. He's like ugly Ryback is the best way I can describe this guy. Oh, he's... Uh, you're, you're on point today. Uh, thanks. Uh, so Pitbull number two goes right after Douglas. And uh, again, the music just keeps going. There's a low blow to Pitbull. They trade headlocks for a long time. Pitbull hits a drop toe hold and back into a headlock. Uh, the whole story behind this match, as Joey Styles puts it, is he's trying to break the neck of the franchise. And the franchise was also trying to break Pitbull number two's neck. That was it. So it was like neck offense and dick offense made up like... 75% of this match like that was the story in this match was who's gonna break the other guy's neck or dick first or dick which they ended up dropping like halfway through the match but the whole first half of this match is like headlocks and a head based offense because we got to break his neck uh, Douglas gets crotched up on the top rope Pitbull hits another low blow uh, and then we get a reverse atomic drop and a clothesline for a Pitbull near fall. Douglas counters a powerbomb with a Hurricane Rana. He tries the powerbomb again, but this time Pitbull gets dumped outside and Douglas goes with him. Back inside, Douglas hits a pile driver, then a second, then a third. Douglas suplexes Pitbull from the apron into, into the ring. Douglas sinks in the camel clutch. Uh, again, more of that head and neck based offense. Uh, Pitbull hits a clothesline. Douglas caught on a crossbody. And then Pitbull kind of just like holds him like a baby for a second. <laughs> Like an uncomfortable amount of time, and then he picks him up again, and then eventually hits him with a fallaway slam through a table outside, which was a cool spot, admittedly. And then Gary Wolf hops the barricade and assaults Douglas, but the Riot Squad, not the Monday Night Raw one again, uh, that came out with Douglas, intervened and took him away. And then Pitbull produces a section of guardrail from under the apron and tosses it into the ring. And then this match really starts falling apart here. Douglas tries dropping Pitbull on the section of guardrail from under the apron. They're both gassed here. They're both gassed. The guardrail just falls over, which is just the perfect microcosm of how this match was. Uh, The barricade just falls over. Uh, One of my favorite parts of this match, the crowd is starting to get bored, so they're taking over. They start chanting, we want blood. But there's one guy, I don't know if you guys heard this, if you didn't put on headphones and go back and listen to it because it's so funny. So the, the crowd's chanting, we want blood. We want blood, right? There's one guy you can hear on mic. I don't know if he's sitting by the hard cam. And he says, you know, we're not all bloodthirsty. And I you did can not hear, hear that. that. You, if you, you have to go back and listen to it with headphones because it's so funny. There's one guy. I don't know where he well, was sitting in the arena. And there's multiple times throughout the show. You can where hear someone like, mumble something. Alice! Hey, yeah, Alice. Yeah. So go back. I'm serious. The go back and listen to it. Because like, it's so funny that it, I had to pause the show to laugh at it. You know, we're not all bloodthirsty. Like that's, one guy somewhere in the audience. That's, that's funny. It hilarious. was hilarious. You have to go back and listen to it. That's it's, like a parody. Yeah, it was great. Uh, Douglas tosses the guardrail onto Pitbull outside, which was also pretty neat. Uh, Pitbull gets draped over the guardrail section, crotched, that is, and then hit with a chair. Another weak chair shot. Douglas strikes Pitbull, but he no-sells him. Uh, this is when I noticed the pit bull really, you're, you ain't it, dog, no pun intended. Uh, nothing he does, and this is my issue with pit bull. I'm going to rant about pit bull for a second. Number two. 
there's two two things about Pitbull number two that drive me crazy. His offense didn't look believable, and he didn't he couldn't sell. Like I was telling Kyle this before you got here. Like his version of selling was just like falling on the ground. So later in the match, when he got all those weapon spots, which I'll get to in a second, I think Pitbull just falls. Like he doesn't wince. There's no emotion. He just falls over. And so nothing looks believable. Like it just completely sucks you out of the match. Anyways, I'll keep going, but I was really starting to get uh, anxious here. Uh, Douglas goes up top, but Pitbull catches him again and then sets him back on the top. And then you get shoved down. Douglas leads off the top and then Pitbull hits a drop kick uh, in response. We get a double down and then a double clothesline and then another double down right after. A scoop slam, to, scoop slam to Douglas for a near fall, a drop kick to Douglas for a near fall. Military press slam to Douglas and then Francine's hands Douglas something. That something is uh, brass knucks. He hits Pitbull very weakly with the brass knuckles. And again, I don't know if it was the hit that was weak or Pitbull's selling or both. Both. Because he hits Pitbull with these knuckles and he just like, like, I got to take a sit. And then he just like sits down, like, just let me rest. Like, no, when you get hit with brass knuckles, you should take a flat back bump and hit act like you're going to die. Bump. Yeah. He just kind of like sits and, oh, it looks so bad. Um, and then he, Douglas grabs a chair. Or first he hits him with a piece of table that breaks into a hundred pieces for a near fall. Then he gets a chair. He hits Pitbull in the back for a near fall. Then he hits him with the ring bell. By the way, Francine is just like dumping all this stuff. She's in the handing ring. him everything. Everything in the arena that she can find that could be used as and a she's weapon. She's like crying. Yeah. Uh, she, she's very emotional. Too emotional for the stakes in this match. Um, and then he gets hit with the uh, another piece of table, the ring bell. Uh, Pitbull bounces right back up. Then he gets hit with the belt twice. Uh just keeps just kind of falling. Uh, Douglas is looking for something in his boot. The but, chain. Yep, but gets caught with an awful looking pump handle slam for a near fall. And then Pitbull finds the chain that's in Douglas's boot. He hits Douglas with it. Uh, Candido comes up on the apron, but he gets hit with the chain. And then he wants to hit Francine, but she uh, runs out of the way. This allows Douglas to roll up uh, Pitbull number two for a near fall. We get a short arm clothesline to Douglas. Douglas hits a belly to belly suplex. And finally puts us all out of our misery and wins this match in 20 and a half minutes good god good god this match was awful Woo! this was the worst ecw match i think we've seen what'd you give it I'm i gave it one star i hated it there was nothing almost nothing redeemable there was a few spots that were kind of neat other than that there was almost nothing redeemable i don't know i don't know if pitbull number two is doing well if he's alive i hope he's, he is he's dead i don't want to speak ill of the dead but man he didn't have it <laughs> whatever it was he was a hundred miles away from it um it was bad I give it one and a half, which is almost probably giving it too much. About one and a quarter of that is just about Francine. Mm. <laughs> the oh. other, the other quarter is the action, mm. the table. Maybe. Yeah, the table. Yeah. It, 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 this was just bad. I tell you what, Pitbull number two wasn't selling, but damn, all night the tables were selling. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. This, it was in the task match, maybe a little too much. This was the just awful. There was nothing. To it watch was too this. long. It was boring. It oh, just plodded through. The aftermath was awesome, which you'll get to after Luke rates it. Uh, I gave it a star and a quarter. I just don't understand why this, this is the match you're going to give 20 minutes to. I know. This is the match. I mean, I know they probably were like, hey, we need we need to fill extra time. Because, like, this pay-per-view went a little short. Yeah. Um, but, good God. Give it to any other oh, match. Oh, this was awful. Get, let the Eliminators get more time. I don't know. Um, if you're going to watch this match for anything, just go back to the We Want Blood chant and listen to the We're Not All Bloodthirsty. That's the best part of this match. Uh, it was 20 and a half minutes long. I wrote that it was probably 20 minutes too long. <laughs> That's uh, insane, and that just perfectly dude. outlines my feelings on this match. Uh, after the match, though, 
I forgot to mention the Mass Man story. A Mass Man that everybody knows as Rick Rude has been kind of terrorizing Shane Douglas. He made a deal saying it was if Douglas wins, he'd unmask himself and reveal his true identity. So out comes the Mass Man. He's even wearing the ravishing Rick Rude robe to the ring. Everybody mm-hmm. knows who it is. Uh, he gra- he cuts a little promo before he comes out, like, I'm going to kiss your girl or something. And it's obviously Rick Rude's voice. He comes out, lays a kiss on Francine. And then he takes off the mask, but it's not, it's not Rick Rude. It's Brian Lee and uh, Rick Rude appears behind Douglas. He was disguised as one of the uh, Riot Squad members, not the raw ones. And they beat up uh, Shane Douglas. I love this. It was fun. Rick Rude's awesome. Um, Update. Yeah. The Usos and Cedric Alexander are going to raw. Whoa, Cedric Alexander. Nice. That means you'll see Buddy Murphy on SmackDown. I'm guessing. I'm guessing we're going to see like a Mustafa Ali to SmackDown or to Raw? No, approach with Cedric on Raw. Okay. Maybe see him beat Have some it, guys. Oh, is cool, that cool. for sure that Murphy's moving on in the main roster? No, no, no. no. That's just complete That's speculation. We God, yeah. we can hope. Yeah. Cool. Shout out to Fun. Anything uh, to say Rick, about the. Rick Rude's awesome. He looks yeah, good. He's great. Um, and Brian Lee's a lucky son of a bitch. Yeah. And then Francine is acting like, I kind of enjoyed that kiss, which, like, oh man, I wouldn't. I. Brian Lee, like, yeah, Brian Lee, huh? Yeah, huh. <laughs> that's that's really the guy that you want to go after, huh? Yummy. Got to go from Shane Douglas. He's got to a Brian sweet Lee. choke slam, but yeah, mm. man. Uh, after that, uh, Raven is backstage. He calls Funk an old has been. He says I, that no. I call this the uh, promo that Scott Steiner actually wanted to accomplish. <laughs> he says that ninety percent of the people want Funk, but the other ten want him. Then he goes on because they the rage es- against the machine. He goes on about the establishment, and then he does the arm thing. And then Taz and Fonzie are backstage. Uh, Taz says that he hates Sabu, but he wouldn't want it any other way. Sabu. He says that he's choked out everyone put in front of him, and then Fonzie just starts screaming like a chipmunk. <laughs> I put, dip, 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 and I put everybody in front of him. Yeah, and you get different shots of <laughs> choking people out. And then... Uh, Chris Jericho, over! Yeah. And then like Taz that. gets right up into the camera. You can see the broccoli in this guy's Sabu. teeth from what he had for lunch. Uh, he says he has no other choice but to choke Sabu out. You gave me no choice. This is good shit. Sabu. Good shit. Just Taz, just take us. A- Take a step or two back next time. Don't need you. Well, you could tell that's, that's every promo they were going oh, for yeah. that. Because Ravens was a close-up. Uh, Stevie Richards. And, uh, I mean, if Taz had hair flowing, it would have been in his face. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this was my favorite backstage promo of the night, though. It was just Not Ravens? Good stuff. No, this one. My favorite was Ravens. Mine yeah. was Taz. Either Taz or Ravens. Ravens was eloquent. I kind of cl- clumped them together. Ravens was really, really good. Um, I think Taz, dude, if you would have, if they would have put some cheesy-ass music on Taz's, you would have also thought it went too long. I'm just going to say. like it, it. Oh, I definitely would have thought that. That, that Taz promo went on for a while and like you could he kept he kept his flow going he kept kind of saying the same thing over and over again too i will beat you i'm gonna he's like i'm just gonna beat you up man like i don't know how many times i have to say it we're going to war brother um and that is the match we're gonna get next actually is going to be taz i love bill alfonso oh he's so obnoxious versus sabu in the grudge match these two men are mortal enemies after being tagged. so before we start this yeah not only is fonzie doing the whistle somebody in the crowd has a whistle so there's like two we or get three. double it's still not yes. as bad as heat wave 99 no though. but it is still so obnoxious i wish <sighs> more than anything i could just shove that down his throat so he chose so did literally everyone in the crowd besides the one dude who i will whistle. say i love his outfit he's wearing like the taz orange shirt like he's wearing a ref outfit but instead of the ref shirt, he's got like the orange because he would go right. to the black later. But he's got that creamsicle orange shirt. It's a I good love look. It. It's a good look for fans um, here. Taz comes out to War Machine, which is like, but like they have a cover up version that they use, like WWE does. Uh huh. But this one, if you listen close, you could actually hear the lyrics to War Machine. So they just canned it. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's all they yeah. did. Was they just canned it and tried to use the instrumental. Yeah. So that's a good point. 
Um, it wasn't. It was but far from the worst dub we'll get uh, this evening. <laughs> uh, so the, both men face off at the bell. Sabu is like a caged animal when they're doing ring, ring introductions. Like they're having, like the refs having to like hold him back. He's walking well, around like a hungry lion. He didn't even get like an entrance. No, he no just lights. like hopped into the he ring. He just got in there. Uh, and then eventually the bell rings. They trade slaps and strikes. Taz tries the Taz mission, but Sabu avoids it. He tries an arm bar. There's a nice exchange ending with Taz getting an ankle lock. Uh, Sabu kind of showing some mat wrestling here. Not a ton of it, but a little bit. So he can hang. Yeah. Taz is drawing with Sabu, invites him to go after his legs. Sabu tries, but Taz gets the upper hand, hits some huge forearms that bust open Sabu in the nose region. Uh, looks like the bridge of his nose, maybe. There's a slingshot leg drop to Taz, and then a baseball slide drop kick to Taz outside. And then Sabu dumps him over the guardrail, and then sets the chair up, and uh, dives over the top rope into the crowd. Can I Can I just say right quick, did you guys notice how freaking quick... That was, he scurries. He like sent Taz out and then like two seconds he later sprints. the chair was set up in he the ring. He sprints, grabs a chair, gets in the ring, doesn't measure it or anything. He just Sets pops it, it open yep. and just sprints, dude. Yep. No, I loved it. At it no awesome. point, at no point did he measure that out. No, he was just going. He and, was going. and it was perfect. Yeah. Uh, it takes out Taz in the front row. Uh, that was so incredible. Fonzie's yeah. in the ring, and like they spend a little too much time on Fonzie in the ring while they're brawling, probably because they couldn't really get footage of them in the in the crowd. Right. But you'll get like a five or six second shot of Fonzie just whistling his ass off on the apron, just um, freaking yeah, out. He's like on the ropes. Losing like, his shit. Uh, uh, they brawl in the crowd. And he was like rocking the rope like Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, he was. <laughs> Taz clotheslines Sabu back over the barricade. They make their way back to the ring. Taz has to drop to a hold into a modified like STF kind of move. Uh, Integrated Taz by Sabu. And then we get a rolling blade drop by Sabu. Sabu throws a chair at Taz in the corner. And then we get air Sabu to Taz on that same chair. Taz tr- tries... a again but Taz moves Taz drops Sabu face first onto the chair we get a stiff clothesline to Sabu for a Taz near fall that this is the, the biggest pop besides maybe JBL's clothesline from hell you'll ever hear on a clothesline because <laughs> the crowd just went nuts for that clothesline he kill, dude, you could hear he it he killed him with yeah. it dude oh it was stiff there's a spine buster type of maneuver to Sabu Sabu manages to send Taz outside and then he tries for a springboard dive but Taz moves and then Taz plexes Sabu over the barricade oh three, that was brutal three rows deep, it was awesome bro. dude it was awesome awesome taz is instructing team taz to uh set a table up or move a table that's bridged on the apron and the guardrail on the other side uh by the way did team taz come out with taz yes Yes, they did i forgot to mention that but yes they did which i there's a post-match i have an issue that will address that involving that but do it dad we'll get there uh so this post-match was kind of a disaster uh so uh this allows sabu to get the upper hand while he's kind of like john with team taz Taz gets set on the table, but he recovers. Sabu tries to DDT uh, Taz through the table, and Taz just stops, grabs onto the ropes, and just throws him through the table. Big man spot for a little man. I always pop for those. And well, that's that's literally how that's Taz in a nutshell. Yep, like, yep. That's how they sold Big man in a little man's body, yeah. yeah. Uh, they trade strikes at ringside. There's a beautiful top rope Hurricane Rana for a Sabu near fall. Uh, Sabu goes up top, hits a massive leg drop to Taz, three quarters of the freaking way across the ring. Yeah, deep. Yikes. Deep. Uh, Taz, the Tazplex drops Sabu on his head, and then another. He tries another, but Sabu hits a T-bone suplex of his own. Uh, Sabu Plex, if you would. Taz bounces nice. right back up. Sabu locks in the Taz mission. The Sabu mission. Actually, the Sabu mission. Sabu was mocking him. Yeah, I know. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the whole point. Yeah, he's, he's, he stole his move. Stole his move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, he was doing the... the Oh, yeah, the arms the arm folded cross. thing. Yeah, yeah I'm glad gotcha. you brought that up. And then, then Taz w- stood up and was doing it back. Yep, yep. Uh, and then Sabu locks in the Sabu mission, but gets dropped right on his head with another Tazplex. Man, and then a T-Bone Tazplex. I love that 
Taz can suplex from like any position, any yeah. hold oh, yeah. in any position. It's amazing. And that they're all called Tazplexes. Exactly. And then we get the Taz mission after that. And uh, the, the, the Kajahajime. The Kajahajime. And Sabu is out. And Sabu goes night night in 17 and a half minutes. I really like this match a lot. Loved it. Um, I did feel like it never got into fourth gear though. Yeah. That's a nitpick, but I was waiting for it to like really pick up, you know? Uh, but what we got was good. Uh, I gave the match 3.5 stars. Really enjoyed it. I gave the match three and a quarter. I really liked it. I did at the end feel like a, like a theme of the night. It was going too long. Yeah. Um. I just kind of I didn't lose interest, but it just seemed like it just started dragging on towards the end. I liked but the end sequence a lot, but I feel like there's something too. in the middle you could exactly. Trim. It was kind of yeah. that they never got to that next gear. Yeah. Yeah. Luke, what do you think? So I. I probably overrated it. I gave it three and three quarters just because I love I love We've stair stepped ratings, I think, almost yeah, every match it's tonight. Weird. That's it's funny. weird. But I love I love vintage Sabu shit. But the reason is so Taz I felt like could have gone up another gear. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Sabu has a threshold. Yeah. We no, all I know totally that. get it. I he, totally he, get it. He has he has his shit that he gets through, he has his moveset. But once he hits that moveset, he doesn't do anything else super innovative. No, like he it. does yeah. what he does. He's ads advertised. Yeah, I totally get it. Uh that's a fair that's a fair point. Um, maybe so, a criticism on Taz's part. Uh, maybe the match wasn't ever supposed to pick up well past what we got. For me, it's more of a criticism of Sabu because it's like once it's all out there, like it, he yeah. doesn't have. And he anything. got his, and Taz Sabu got his shit out there. He has in nothing five left minutes in the back into this pocket. match. Sabu yeah. had had exhausted his moveset that he had. But God, there were some fun spots. Oh, man. there was oh, the yeah. leg drop from a mile away. The belly to belly Tazplex. I love that. Three yeah. rows deep. Um, I will say though that these tables, man. <laughs> They're just d- smithereens. Yeah, dissolving. As soon as someone lays on a table, it is half broken. Speaking of, should we get into the post-match? Do it. So I love the idea of, of what they're going to do here after this match, but the execution was a disaster. So post-match, Taz gets on the mic. He says that Sabu gave him the fight of his life. You he- took me to my limit. Thank you. He respects yep. Sabu and is open to a rematch anytime. They shake hands. Sabu raises his arm. Then they hug. RVD storms the ring and takes out Taz. He talks with Sabu. Then they ambush Taz. <laughs> they set Taz on a table outside that's like leaned up from the floor to the to the apron. Table just breaks. Sabu goes for a dive, botches it, lands on his head on Taz outside. Yep. Still goes through the table somewhat though. Yeah. Uh, Taz gets choked out by Sabu with the Sabu mission. <laughs> and this is like... So, obviously, those botches were kind of ugly. Team Taz is just fucking standing there. Not doing anything. Three or four big muscle-bound bodybuilding dudes. Hey, they're table movers only, thank you. Apparently, because they're just watching RVD and Sabu, like, assault this man and not doing a damn thing about it. That really bothered me. That's not what they get paid for. It really bugged me. I'm like, this guy's your (laughs) mentor. Save him. Uh, At any rate... uh, Fonzie gets in the ring. Uh, we get this long, tense moment. And you think he's going to want to square up to RVD and Sabu. We all knows what ha- we all knows what happens based on our. He's with them. The shows we've done. He takes off both layers of Taz shirts that he has on, by the way, yes. and reveals a Sabu shirt. And he is now going to be managing the bad guys, Sabu Which, and RVD. I thought he looked a lot better in that Taz uh, orange. He but... did. He did. He did. Mm. Also, Naomi the Raw. Okay. Uh, she teamed with Bailey tonight because Sasha's. AEW bound. <laughs> can she can, gathering her thoughts? Yeah. Can Naomi come out like start wearing more red stuff now? Then probably. Because I mean, she's been SmackDown one of SmackDown's darlings for a while. She has. Yeah, but but she wears green, blue and green. Well, she does blue too. She does blue and green. Maybe she's a Seahawks fan. Yeah, maybe she's a Seahawks fan like Daniel uh, Ryan. Yeah, exactly. You want Daniel Ryan to start wearing green and red? If like Russell Wilson leaves, Daniel Ryan, I don't know. Stop it. No. Uh, yeah. 
That was that. Um, up next, Styles introduces Tommy Dreamer with uh, Beulah. Tommy! As, the, Tommy. Me, as a guest commentator for the next match. Tommy! <laughs> it is time for our big main event sequence, which is going to be start out with a three-way dance. Again. Well, like, so, hold on. I do want to say Joey Styles, like, throws, like, quickly transitions. <laughs> you can tell the transition was like, oh, shit, gotta go. And he throws his headset off and grabs a mic so he can <laughs> yeah, introduce Tommy. You can see him, like, throwing his headset well, to you the can, PA. You can, And then he grabs a mic. He introduces Tommy Dreamer's his special color commentator. (laughs) Then he puts the headset back. Tommy comes out with Beulah, and and Tommy gets zero of the pop. No, it's show your tits. Like it's instant. Beulah gets all cat calls. Oh yeah, wolf whistles. I mean, come on, Tommy Dreamer's not really a looker to the ladies though. Besides Beulah, hey, when he was wearing those straps. There you go. Mm, 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 mm. Again, this is going to be setting up. So uh, the whole story, the reason Dreamer wanted to do commentary for this match, originally he was supposed to be in it. But he sacrificed his spot so his mentor, the returning his teacher, his ally, Terry Funk. Terry Funk, ECW legend, some might say, could be in the match in his place. By the way, ladies and gents, Terry Funk is 53 years old here. 53. Yeah, and he's just doing some stuff, uh, man. Currently is 74. He's still kicking. He's still and wrestling sometimes, he's still wrestling right? On like a very last, part-time basis? Wikipedia, according to Wikipedia, Terry Funk's last wrestling appearance was for big-time wrestling in September of 2017 where he teamed with the Rock and Roll Express, go figure. What a match fa- that must have been. To face Doug Gilbert, Jerry Lawler, and the late Brian Christopher. Oh, wow, what a match. Yeah, oh, I'm sure that that a was just classic. an exhibition. Um, again, this is a three-way dance match, so uh, three-way dance rules or elimination rules are going to apply here. The winner is going to instantly get a title shot against Raven. Doesn't seem very fair to me. Literally but, instantly, uh, as we'll find out. But uh, it is what it is, I guess. Uh, the match is going to be Stevie Richards versus the Sandman versus Terry Funk. Uh, did you guys notice that Sandman was bleeding before he even came out of the curtain to make his entrance down to the ring? Already bleeding. Yeah. He yeah. must have had a few practice beers in the back before he came oh, out. Oh, Sammy was drunk. Yeah, he was wasted. Yes. He comes out. Again, we talked about uh, who uh, Roddy Piper opening his throat like a snake. Oh, Sandman. my God. Sandman was a human funnel. He must just have like a big hollow yeah. tube in his throat because it was just funnel. It was just going right down. It looked like a cartoon. He looked like Popeye eating spinach. The only thing, <laughs> and I probably say this almost every time the Sandman makes an entrance. Uh-huh. Um, it just sucks that we can't get Enter Sandman, and and know, and, dude, and that it's cut out that the crowd sings along with it. I know because his entrance makes so much more I know, sense. I know it takes forever. The dubbed music form though wasn't terrible though. Not as bad as I've seen. No, no. but they've been using that music form for a while. Forever, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Sandman is in rough shape here too, by the way. Oh, he's chubby. He's like he is he's like peak beer gut at this point. Peak drunk uncle, you might say, is Sandman. Yes, you might. Uh, so he's chain smoking and drinking, and uh, I got to talk about this. Terry Funk's dubbed music. What the funk is that? Oh my god! This is this is as bad, if not worse, than the uh, Lil Guido's dubbed music oh from my Heatwave '98. The ABBA sounding yeah. shit. This is like an this is like a '90s like extreme you know the band extreme power ballad. This is like more yep. than words. Yep. Like it is so unbelievably okay. bad. More than words is not extreme. It's the band it's the band extreme. No, sing, no, no. That sings the song. Do they sing more than words? Yeah. What? Yeah. The same people who sing "Play with Me." Okay. Anyway. Um, it's so bad. This dubbed song. This it's it's it's. This is another reason to go and watch this because it's. So I was like taken aback by this. Oh my god! It, it was, was it's like a nineties power ballad. It's so bad. If that, and yeah. of course the crowd's dubbed out, so it's just this canned. 
as he comes out. Well, so I actually went onto YouTube hoping that maybe, I mean... The real version is up? Well, that one, the real version is up, or that someone had an example of this so I could play it over the podcast. Couldn't find it. I could find the real version, but it was too damn quiet oh. uh, for me to tell. But I will say, Terry Funk... It was it was some pop country stuff. Like yeah. I don't know what it was, but it was super soft, and it was either country, okay, or like pop country. Yeah, that makes sense for Terry so, Funk. So that's kind of why they tried to dub it with some garbage. It was bad. Yep. Uh, so the bell rings. Sandman downs another beer, and he's offering. First, he offers it to Terry Funk, who's like, "Not tonight, whippersnapper." <laughs> and uh, he drinks the beer, and then he spits it. He being. Uh, uh, Sandman spits it into Stevie Richards' face, and then all three men size each other up. Both Sandman and Funk are chopping Richards. Then Sandman chops Funk, and then Richards rolls up Sandman for a near fall. Sandman and Richards uh, are just like dropping a train of elbows on Terry Funk here. We get a neckbreaker by Funk to Richards, followed by several more neckbreakers. Uh, Hangman's neckbreaker, so the really brutal looking ones where the head like slides off of the guy's shoulder. Good stuff. Uh, that leads to a Terry Funk near fall into Richards. Sandman tosses a ladder into the ring, and it lands right on poor old Terry Funk. Uh, he drops it, <laughs> and then drops it onto Richards. So you'll notice about halfway through this match, I'm pretty sure Terry Funk has a pain threshold to where he just goes on autopilot at some point. Yeah. And he's just out on his feet, but he just continues to oh, take yeah, punishment. Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, Sandman DDTs Stevie, and then Sandman sets up a ladder in the corner. Sandman crawls up around it under the turnbuckle. Funk climbs the ladder. Moonsaults off the ladder. Barely. Oh. I mean, the wind is what catches Stevie Richards, but he sells like a champ anyways for this moonsault. Bro, Terry Funk doing a moonsault is terrifying. I thought he was going to hit the ladder. I thought he was, <laughs> like, I thought he was diving into the ground. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was, was he just was pin missing into the canvas. And there was nothing... Stevie Richards could do to stop it. No, he I'm just put sure his arms he, out. I'm pretty sure Stevie Richards even tried to move over. He, he did. did. He did. He did. And he, he, Funk's foot might have kicked Stevie Richards. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it did. It did. That was the it. feet got him because I think Joey Styles said he, he barely kicked him on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but hey, Richards sells sells anyways. And then Sandman dives off the top with the ladder, slamming into Richards on his way down. And then Stevie Richards gets scoop slammed onto the ladder by Terry Funk, and then a drop kick to Sandman, who's holding the ladder by Richards. Sandman props the ladder up in the corner, and then gets sent into it instantly, and does this really crazy bump into it for a near fall. Stevie and Terry Funk are fighting on the ladder, and not Funk. I'm sorry. Sorry, Steven Sandman, Sandman yeah. are fighting on the ladder. Terry Funk like staggers into it like he's drunk at a bar at 2 a.m. The ladder falls over. Here's autopilot and Terry. Sandman and Richards fall. I like that. It was pretty funny. Funk grabs the ladder, puts it the classic this spot, puts it up on his shoulders, and just starts spinning. And hitting everyone. He's hitting hard. everyone. The ref is like is having to like duck, duck and get out of the way. This is my absolute favorite Terry Funk spot ever. There was a great moment too where you see Sandman just get killed with this. It was the the plastic part of the ladder on the top. Thank goodness but still like it was perfect on the hard cam and Bro, it was just he swings bang yeah dude he's he seriously crazy. just swings for the fences yeah it was fun also how, how how he feels about throwing chairs yeah like he just his, his his aim is pinpoint. which we got to see yeah his aim is pinpoint and it's just so hard um yeah so sandman and richards are just getting killed with this ladder and then the ladder kind of gets they're fight uh funk and sandman are kind of fighting for it and then richards goes up top and he joey mercury's funk and sandman yep, yep. with a leap that's forever what's gonna be called <laughs> yep there's a stevie uh hit kicks sandman uh, a stevie kick which is like the super kick sweet chin music basically but he kicks out the crowd does not like the sandman kicks out of this by the way did you hear they started chanting bullshit yes they did. and they also chanted it when stevie would have inevitably get eliminated so well, they were kind of behind stevie richards and the bwo at yeah this point. there were bwo marks. i forgot to mention the bwo's at ringside 
also. The, the they don't do anything. Blue but. Meanie, a.k.a. the blue guy. The blue with the big... Uh, Hollywood big, Nova. Yep. Thomas the Inchworm Rodman and 7-Eleven. Who, yep. who, Thomas Inchworm Rodman is uh, too cold, right? Isn't that Scorpio? Is it? I have no idea. I don't know. Could be. Isn't that Scorpio? I think sure. so. Sure. Um, so now... Oh, sorry. Stevie kick to Sandman, but he kicks out. Then he hits one to Funk, but he also kicks out. A ladder gets thrown onto Stevie outside. Sandman dives outside, this time mercurying Richards on the barricade. And then Funk hits Sandman and Richards with a chair and then just like throws the chair behind him and it lands in the ring like he didn't even think twice about it Sandman disappears and he comes back with a trash can wrapped in like sheet metal he throws it in the ring and it just bounces off Terry Funk's head and Terry Funk no sells it like he didn't even notice that it happened it was hilarious one of my favorite spots of this match Funk is just going nuts he he doesn't know what's happening oh man I love it I love that that trash can spot crack me up dude uh, eventually, back in the ring, Stevie Richards gets suplexed onto the trash can by Sandman for a near fall. There's a double team pile driver to Richards, and then a slingshot senton to Richards under the ladder, who's un- laying under the ladder. I like that, by the way. Yeah, it was Where really Terry, cool. And then Terry, Terry bounced the ropes up for Sandman as he went over. Yeah, it was cool. That was super cool. It was cool. I just, it's sad that they just started teaming up on poor Stevie. I know. Stevie. And then we get a double team power bomb, and Stevie Richards is eliminated. You missed when Sandman jumped out of the ring to hit the ladder up, and it flipped so high that it almost oh, hit Sandman in the head. I wrote and that. And it almost hit the freaking crowd. The audience. Yeah. I wrote that, but I must have it. was nuts. It. Yeah, he went to do another Joey Mercury spot, but Stevie Richards, it did miss Richards, who still sold it, by the way. Yes, and it flipped up and, and almost flew into the crowd. Like the G1. And, you could just and it hit crazy. Sandman. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was crazy. Who's too drunk uh, to care? And uh, yeah, Richards is eliminated. My first thought was, oh my God, we have to watch a Sandman and Terry Funk match now. Well, and that took a long time. Yeah, yeah. the first elimination didn't come for a long time. Uh, thankfully, this was not the train wreck it could have been at all, actually. Uh, so Funk dumps Sandman outside and he finds some barbed wire under the ring. And uh, Terry Funk gets the upper hand, though, pulls like a, like a high school bully, pulls up Sandman's shirt over his head. That was the bully part. This next part's just evil. And then he throws him down, and then he just starts whipping Sandman with this barbed wire, and you can like see it sticking in his body. People <laughs> people didn't react until they saw it stick. Yeah, yeah, once it started sticking, people were going crazy. It was pretty cool. And then Sandman is insane, and he wraps the barbed wire around his body, and then just like starts shoulder blocking and running into Terry Funk with this barbed wire wrapped around Which him. Which the crowd did not give enough of a reaction for. No, it was fun. Uh, I thought it was fun anyways. And then Sandman hits the worst leg drop I've ever seen for a near fall uh, from the top rope. He completely Well, he like he, he stood. He almost Sid Vicious himself, honestly. He almost, that leg could have given out. Yeah. Because he like st- stood and then butt bombed him. Uh, it looked bad. <laughs> he was uh, drunk. That was for a near fall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Funk puts the trash can on Sandman's head and then Stevie shows up and Stevie kicks it. And uh, after after Funk Funk puts the trash can on his head and just starts wailing on yeah, the trash can. Yeah. And then uh, gets Stevie kicked and then Funk goes up top. This time he hits the moonsault onto a barbed wire wrapped Sandman and wins the match in 19 minutes. And uh, then you get no sh- no time for a we, break as Raven is just there. I rated them separately. I rated them as the same. I rated them separately, but I think we should, should we just put them together. Yes. Okay. Think about what you want to do. I mean, I literally rated them the same, so. Okay. Uh, and then right after that, we're just going to put them together because Raven comes out and. Uh, like, as soon as the bell rings, Raven's at the apron. Yeah. He was messing out of the ring or something. Yeah. Uh, and instantly this match is going to start. 
His, Raven runs his, right out and he decks Funk with the title. Uh, while he's still on the ground. Yeah. There's like a five minute period where Terry Funk does not get up. He's dead. Yeah. Uh, Raven hits a drop toe hold to Funk onto a chair and Funk is bleeding out right here in front of everybody Good at the God. ECW arena. Raven is stomping the open wound and Funk is selling like he's going to have a seizure. Uh, great. Terry Funk is just one of the all time great sellers Salesman. of all time. Yeah. Uh, the ref calls for a trainer to take a look at Funk. Dreamer is in the announce booth trying his best to not get involved because he promised Terry Funk that uh, he would let him do this and that Terry Funk had to do it himself. Uh, Funk is just so, swinging wildly at this point. He's just half dead. Raven sets up a table outside. He dumps it on Funk, like just tosses it on him. Then he grabs another. Raven lays Funk on this table and hits a slingshot dive, putting Funk through it. And then Raven calls for his goons, the Raven's Nest. And then Reggie Bennett is announced as the newest member. Yeah. A very large woman who hits a very nice looking pile driver onto Terry Funk. She reminded Terry me Funk. of ODB well, yeah, with, with more it. clothes. Yeah. Yeah, true. Uh, Dreamer eventually has had enough. He throws the headset down, and uh, him and Raven are drawing each other. And then Big Which, Dick Dudley shows up. <laughs> I'll let you finish. By the way, as this is happening, the Raven's Nest is like setting up a tower of tables. That's like a torture device. Yeah, I was I was wondering what was going on. So there's like the broadcast area is like kind of on a crow's nest, yep. and so there's like a stack, a skyscraper stack of tables set up. Uh, I do want to say I I'm glad that Dreamer got off of color commentary. He was terrible. He was not providing... And he wasn't talking. And, then when, and when, and he when, was when talking, Joey Sousa tried to talk to him, he was like a dick to him. He's like, shut up. Leave he's me like, alone. He's like, he's I need like, to watch Joey, this. He's like, Joey, I, I just can't... I, I just, just can't do color right, right now. now. Yeah. I just understand that's that's my that's my mentor out there. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> so it's like he couldn't even talk to the guy. And then here's Big Dick. Uh, so Big Dick Dudley, yeah, shows up. He tries to choke with slam, a trash can. With the trash can, hits him with the trash can, and then and then back in the ring, Raven even flows the ref for some reason. Uh, and then Dreamer is trying to get choke slammed by Big Dick Dudley off through the table. Not to get choke slammed. Yeah, and then uh, he and, ends and then, up fighting off, and he ends up well. He tries to choke slam Big Dick say, Dudley. He kicks Big Dick in the Big Dick. Yeah, he kicks him in the in the ding ding, and then he <laughs> he. Uh, Attempts to choke slam Big Dick Dudley through the tables it's doesn't like, really work out that way. He kind of just falls. Through it's them. out of control at this point. It yeah, is. Can, can Big Dick please try to like maybe lift himself up? He didn't. No, it was just but like he probably was like rah. because the tables were so close to the ledge. He yeah. probably didn't want to jump yeah, and get in the air. And so he goes through the stack of tables, which is straight to the concrete, right in the middle yeah, of the audience. Oh, yeah. And then uh, Dreamer makes his way to the ring, and he and Raven are going at it. Which okay, I'm sorry, I keep interrupting you, but as Dreamer's making his way to the ring, you see Raven like punching on the ref and stuff but you just hear you just hear like a weapons being smacked <laughs> and then like it's just stuck on the hard cam and then joey styles kind of says yeah, and dreamer working through all of yeah, raven's right. nest so that's i'm just right. imagining the whole time off camera dreamers just that's running right. through with a garbage can whacking everyone <laughs> you know that's what's happening of raven's nest um, Eventually gets to the ring. He DDTs Raven. Well, okay, uh, I'm so sorry. Well, yes. Dude, there's details here that you're that are hilarious. So, Dreamer is at the barricade, throws the trash can to Raven while he's trying to get over the barricade. So Raven, Raven catches just throw, it. Yeah, catches it and just throws it right in his face. Like that's makes, right. Yeah, Raven just pro strat, just like caught this like like it was a pass from Kurt Warner. Just pass catches Kurt this, Warner. Huh? That was a good pull, right? Tra yeah. Catches this trash can. Oh, and can I get to the DDT now? Yes, please. Okay. Yes. Uh, eventually, Dreamer DDTs Raven. He pulls Terry Funk on. The ref makes a miraculous recovery from the even flow DDT. Counts a two somehow. The bell rings, by the way. Yeah. But the match continues because the ref throws up the two, and then Funk instantly rolls up Raven, which small, tells me we had a botch. Pulse package. And uh, yeah, and the small package, and uh, Terry Funk 
wins the title. Uh, let me calculate how long these two matches were. Uh, we had a 19 and a 7.5, so I'm going to do the math on that. 27. 27 minutes uh, is what this entire... 26 and a half. We'll say 27, because there's a little in between, is what this whole sequence went. Uh, I got to kind of think of what I'm going to rate it, because I did rate these two matches separately. I gave it three and a half. That's what I'm going to do, too, I think. No, go ahead. Go ahead and give us your two separate, and then you'll go ahead and... So I gave the... Maybe I did read them the same. Hold on. So I gave the Terry Funk segment, the Terry Funk and Raven, originally 3.75. Oh, wow. Uh, just purely for the story they were telling. I'm going to give them both three and a half, though. Um, simply for the reason that the match in the first section was better, but the story they were telling in the actual main event I thought was wonderful. Um, and I know that Tommy Dreamer didn't do the best job on color commentary, but I loved that he was getting his story over. And, and he was mm-hmm. somber. Yeah, and they were get, definitely getting over. And then once you just saw Raven just destroying this helpless old man, uh, I bit for it. And it like it mm-hmm. made you feel for Funk. And uh, seeing him get that moment and get the title was just really cool. And uh, yeah, so 3.5 for the whole thing. Uh, I'm glad also that the Sandman-Terry Funk portion of the match went the way it did because as i said i was pretty nervous when i saw stevie richards the only uh athlete in this match get eliminated well, hey, first. hey 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 terry funk had two moonsaults sir that's true but he's a 54 year old man at this point 53 i was a little bit nervous that we were gonna have to sit through a terry funk sandman match yeah but what we got was great for that and then obviously what happened between raven and funk was just wrestling storytelling well, that's the so, beauty of e- sorry. That's the beauty of ECW is that weapons cover up a multitude of sins. Yeah, exactly. So right, three point five. I gave it three and a half. Uh, it got a little too wild at the end for me. <laughs> it was pretty there, wild. there was just stuff happening everywhere. But I think for what the main event means and the story it was telling, it was probably the, like the story was a five star story. Yeah. But the wrestling, that's the way I look at it too. The wrestling just wasn't really there, but it was at the same time. Like it was kind of a disaster, which made it better. It was like a train wreck. You can't look away. Yep. Mm-hmm. Luke, what'd you rate it? Uh, I gave it three for or three and a half uh, total. Um, this main event right here is why I picked Barely Legal. Uh, I've watched it a couple times, but it was this that really sticks with me. And that first time I watched it, I totally bit for it too. Like that moment where Dreamer, as shitty as it is, I loved it when I was younger. Dreamer puts Big Dick Dudley through the million tables gets down there finally it's a quick it's a botched sort of like a quick counter ddt like yeah the end is botched all hell honestly oh, yeah. honestly it's wild but still like it the crowd like it still gets the pop that everyone yep. wants terry celebrating with a literal crimson mask oh yeah in the crowd uh hugging tommy it's that was awesome storytelling. Oh, it was great. Uh, Joey, Joey Styles' voice was breaking up in the announce booth as he was talking about just the emotion of the moment. Mm-hmm. Cool mm-hmm. way to end the and, show. And probably the greatest oh my god after the table. Oh my god! Well, like, and it, and it, I love that, by the way. Thanks. It, it was like extended. Yeah, it was great. Um, so, yeah. It was great. Wonderful storytelling. I love Raven. I love Terry Funk. God, what a warrior. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Same. So, what did you give the show as a whole? So, overall, um, I don't want to sound harsh. Because I didn't give this show a bad rating. A lot of it wasn't that memorable to me. Like, True. Mm-hmm. A lot of some of the ECW stuff we've watched, like some of the moments, especially from Heat Wave 99, it's like stuff that I'll remember for a long time. A lot of the matches on this card outside of that the main event, I probably won't really remember that much. Right. Not that it was bad per se. Nothing was bad on this show except for a couple of the backstage vignettes and that Douglas uh, match. And the Pitbull yeah. number two uh, Douglas match. Everything was good. 
solid work, three-star range, um, except for that main event, like I said. Overall, I give it a, a low B. I give it a B- minus as well. I thought it was really good, but I think there was some stuff that brought it down, especially that Douglas and Pitbull 2 match. Right on. Luke, yeah. what'd you give it? I actually uh, I gave it a C+. Plus. Wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, sorry, sorry, fellas. It's a high C plus. That makes you feel (laughs) better. So, like Um, a C plus, B minus. No, don't do this. Don't don't start. Damn, I'm having fun. I'm 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 gonna stick with C plus. All right. Um, right. So it was this show was fun, but it was very very raw and a lot of botches. Um, that what what can you expect though? Like, this is after most of cruiserweights had left. This is ECW's first legit pay per view. Yeah. Um, it was a glorious mess, and it was, it was just so ECW. It hurts. Um, there were some parts of this pay per view that I remembered more fondly than than I should have. Um, but God, that main event delivered. The Sabu Taz match delivered. So th- there were a few things that I will definitely always love oh, about sure. this pay per view, and it was it was a start. It yeah. was somewhere. And next week, we have another start. TNA Lockdown. The first ever Lockdown pay-per-view. And if you aren't familiar with Lockdown, every match is in a cage. It's so cool. And I know that sounds like it's going to be boring, but they do plenty to mix up the stipulations within the stipulations. The six-sided steel, baby. You ready to get the match card? Let's do it. Apollo and Sonny Siaki versus Chris Candido and Lance Hoyt. And I believe this is Chris's last match. Of all time? Yep. Ooh. Mm. Because he died. I think he broke his leg in this match. Um, then and we that's get what the injury that he ended d- up passing away. Yep. And then we have this might be rough. Dustin Rhodes versus Bobby Roode in a Prince of Darkness match. I don't know what that means. <laughs> well, that was when Dustin was in his. What was that gimmick? Dustin Rhodes. So was this is just? before. This is before. This, he this was, was Black before Rain. Black Rain. This is Dustin. Maybe Rhodes. this is when Black Rain is yeah. crowned. Yeah. No, Black Rain came way later. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Um, then I we have a, a Zach. Can you fuck off, please? Yeah. Sorry. We, we have, have two, a, Luke. We have a four man escape match. Shocker. Okay. Chris Sabin, Matt Bentley, and Sanjay Dutt. Shockmaster. No, just Shocker. Oh, cool. Shockmaster. Like, like, right, the so hands, like the hand signal. I'm excited to see a Shockmaster um, match. Then we have Jeff Hardy versus Raven in a Six Sides of Steel Tables match. Ooh, that boosts my ass. Uh, then we have America's Most Wanted versus Team Canada, Eric Young and Petey Williams in a Six Sides of Steel Strap match. Mm. I feel like we've seen some belts. combination of those guys in every TNA show we've watched. Then we have a Six Sides of Steel match for the X Division Championship, Christopher Daniels and Elix Scooper. Nice. Yes, that will be great. Then we have a Lethal Lockdown match. I am boosted for this already. Now, okay, this doesn't make sense. It's Team Nash, which is Road Dog, Diamond Dallas Page, and X Pac mm-hmm. versus Team Jarrett, which is Jeff Jarrett, Monty Brown, and the Outlaw. Why which is, is it Billy why Nash on Team Nash? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he was injured. Yeah, we'll just say he was. Injured. He probably picked up a toy box. And, and Billy squad. Gunn is on Jeff Jarrett's team, so yeah, the, 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 I, goat, the goat Billy Gunn. Yeah. Man. Oh, I thought you were. I don't know what you were going with that. And then we have AJ Styles versus Abyss in a number one contenders match. A. Jay, right on. We hope you'll enjoy. That'll be a good show. show. We hope you tune in. Luke, too sweet me. Too sweet. We'll see you guys later. Love you. Easy.